What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 43 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. If you can believe it, we just have two more episodes this year, which means limited opportunities to cram gaming in before the end of the year. With me this week, a man who is an expert at dodging family time to play Mario Kart while walking and hiding in the bushes, Joel DeWitt. Joel's starting to get real cold right now. You gotta be careful, man. That, that sounds so damn nefarious. What are you framing me as? <laughs> I mean, I'm working on some of a mansion in the backyard with space heater and all that, but like, yeah, it made you sound like the, the creeper about to flash somebody or something. No, I picture it as like you have a fishing hole in Alaska. You have a shed where you where you have the space heater and then you have some beers and then you go out there and play Wii Tennis alone. It still sounds nefarious. Yeah, okay. It sounds nefarious. I, I, I have nothing. Uh, the perks of being an adult. Also with me this week, Japanese claw game addict Eric Getty Gettinger. You need to learn how to let it go, man. I can't. I finally got a Goku figure with a tandem base for Vegeta, so I gotta get that Jeet. Don't ever call him Jeet again. For real. I will make you switch with Hartwick. And I don't want to do that. Nobody oh, wants to do that. You can't cancel me. You you act like he wouldn't call him Jeet. <laughs> <laughs> Also, get me some, though. Seriously, my Naruto is real lonely. And I don't know Naruto. Anyway. Why do you have a Naruto? He gave it to me. I won one, so... Is Naruto like a communicable disease or something? Nope. I just just want a Dragon Ball one. So I could sing that song. What was that? Uh, What is that? Chala, head chala. Okay. Mm, I don't think that's the one we grew up with. Nah, that's that's the one I grew up with. Anyway, this week... We were real physical, and we talk about anime and the early adopters. Recap some of the moments from the Game Awards last week, and then get happy in the backlog blog. We might even get a listener email. But first, early adopters. Alphas, betas, and whatever game came out within a two-hour window for you to beta test for network testing. Getty was up at like two in the morning. Yep. <laughs> Can confirm. Well, let's lock, well, you know what? Let's knock that one out first. We beta tested One Punch Man. One Punch Man. Did it have a subtitle for this? Oh, shit. That's a real good question. Okay, hold on. I can get that. Getty, tell me about One Punch Man. Start with Alf with what is One Punch Man. You don't know One Punch Man? Oh, I guess we just did this whole anime shtick. Yeah. I mean, mean, the title is (laughs) very descriptive, but yeah, let's... So One Punch Man is a popular anime right now about this Mm -hmm. character who can defeat anybody with one punch okay so that gives you kind of the whole background about the anime now well this just to give a a little bit additional aside first off it is called the game is called one punch man a hero nobody knows there you go and that's a good title mm -hmm. and the show focuses on hero other heroes and other villains that are around doing all these super heroics but no one even measures up to one punch man and yet he literally doesn't care and he's bored with it all So everyone is trying to be this super individual with this giant backstory. Every villain has a 20-minute backstory, and he is bored the entire way. He just kind of wants to get on with it and go shopping. Yeah, but the really cool thing is that his exercise regiment is just really basic, but somehow it turned him into a superhero. (laughs) What is it? 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and a 10-kilometer run? It's something like that. And 100 squats. Okay, 100 squats too, yeah. And that and that made him into a superhero. 
<laughs> and everyone is like super shocked and completely unbelieved. Like they, they, it's in disbelief that that's what did it. Oh, and all of his like super moves are just basic things. One of them is like consecutive punches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then the anime continues with people like, "This is my super, my super hyper drill beam," or this and all this stuff. And then he just kind of dodges it and goes consecutive punches, and then they explode. <laughs> yep. So that, that's a. That doesn't sound bad, actually. You know, it's a re- it's a really entertaining <laughs> oh, show. It's fun. Yeah, but this that kind of leads into what the game is being a three person anime fighter, uh, anime fighter being like Dissidia, mm-hmm. where you, mm. you you zoom in and kind of fly around, and you can go it, foreground or background turning. That kind of sounds like uh, Xenoverse mm. a little bit. This one, Not you're quite. St- you still have the life bars, and you're still kind of pretty much toe to toe. Okay. I feel like it's more akin to Marvel versus Capcom with that third dimensional element. There's not as much mm. flying around as Alex is leading you to believe. Okay. All right. Yeah, like you can jump. I think some of the characters might have the ability to stay in the air for a prolonged amount of time. But yeah, it's it's 3v3 squad based. And uh, the real catch to the game is that since Saitama, the One Punch Man, is super mm. powerful. It would be really unfair for you to be able to pick him right <laughs> off the bat. Here we go. So, so what happens in the game is if you select to have him in your party, then he starts running at the beginning of the match, and if you fight for long enough, he will show up. And combos and other super moves that your characters, the other two characters that you pick, do will reduce the amount of time it takes for Saitama to get there. So. Then also sounds like if you choose him, then you're playing like a stall game until he shows oh, up and can yeah. turn the tide. You are. Alex, did you ever get him to show up? I did. I did. And, and the funnier part is I've Beth has seen some of that show and she wasn't paying attention. And as she, she just like was walking past me, turned around, looked over her shoulder, goes, is that one punch man? And then he came on screen and just it's an insta kill. Yeah. So he just be- like runs up and punches somebody regularly. And you have a you have a timer, <laughs> and then combos will and the def- deflex and the other things like that will take the con- like that timer down faster. So the better mm. you play, and, but you are playing at a disadvantage, only having two people. So you, they, if someone were to knock out both your team, then you're just pretty much done. Right. But okay. as, as soon as he came on screen, he punched him off screen, and Beth goes, "That's really clever. Yeah, that's really funny." I mean, that's a that's an interesting twist, and, and I mean, it kind of changes the strategy. <laughs> When it sounds like if you don't choose them, it's a standard like three v three fighting game matchup, you know. And that's that's kind of what the game is. It's a standard three v three with characters that, unless you're really invested in the anime, kind of just. Are, I mean, there's one guy who has a bike, and that was pretty funny because he uses the bicycle and like, picks it up and hits you with it, then rides. Oh, Moomin Rider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but see, I've only watched the anime once. A while, mm. a few years ago, so I wouldn't know who that character is. I just think it's a really funny stick. It's a funny stick. You know what I mean? He's got, he's, he, he looks like a, a, a bicycle messenger. He's got a helmet, very conservative dress, and then he comes in and he just hits you with the bike. It's like, oh, that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of the characters, if you're not like super into the anime, they're pretty forgettable. I don't know. I got to try all of the fighters. It was very entertaining for a little bit. My biggest gripe with the whole thing was the camera angle. I don't know if you noticed, Alex, but sometimes it wouldn't follow you around or it would, like, focus too far out and I would be fighting somebody in the opposite corner. It just was not great when it comes to a camera for a fighter. 
That and at some points it would focus behind somebody, like one person. So a couple times it had gotten locked behind, say, me and the other guys far away. And then it also swept where I was the guy far away. And I'm like, how do I control this? Almost like for like he's it's almost first person on my opponent fighting me. Yeah. So it, it tries to be dynamic and tries to change how the game plays. But it ends up just kind of being a little bit more disorienting. It was okay. I'm already not a huge fan of fighters, but at least knowing the characters was entertaining for me. Agreed. But I don't. I don't think I'm going to follow up on this one. But uh, the show is worth following up on. Oh, uh, definitely. Yes, 100. percent Would a Kelly be interested in that kind of show? I think that she would enjoy how nonchalant the main character is about how badass he is. Because mm-hmm. there's just a lot of time spent where he's like, "Man, I really wish that there were somebody that." would provide a challenge for me and then like this big like alex was saying badass monster shows up spends 15 minutes going into his backstory and then mm-hmm. he just like walks up and he's like all right i'm ready to like punches the guy and he's he explodes <laughs> like it literally explodes and it, mm. it's good because someone will be talking to a backstory and then it'll pan to one punch man and he's sitting there and goes was that coupon 40 percent off after tax or before like it just, uh-huh. that, that, he just doesn't care none of that's interesting to him so disinterested. Yeah, it's, it's 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 as mundane as his day to day life. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I kind of like that. That's a neat twist on the kind of high stakes stuff that that genre usually goes for. Yeah. At, at the same time, you you got to remember that these characters are trying to be over the top. The villains and the the side characters are all trying to be over the top. I was there was radioactivity in the ocean, and I and yeah, it's it, it's just the complete opposite with One Punch Man. He's like, yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> so that was One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, coming out February 2020. Next, I played a game for Multiplayer Monday called Steel Circus. Steel Circus is a top-down... Uh, again, you said that you don't like when like it being compared to, but I was thinking of uh, Rocket League. <laughs> and Overwatch at the... Oh, and Apex Overwatch Legends. was Joel. And it, it, was, it was a Legend of Zelda-like. Oh, all right, so yeah. a little bit of everything. With RPG elements. Mm-hmm. No, Steel Circus, You are there's a team of three, and you take a ball and you pass it to each other, and then you try to get in the goal. But each of the characters are specific heroes, tell me if you've heard that one before, who have different abilities, three different abilities. Sometimes it'll be pull up a wall. Sometimes it'll be a cage that'll lock a player in so they can't move more than a couple feet. But it comes down to the top-down perspective of the field, passing, moving forward, following the ball. And let me tell you, scoring, you get that cool highlight dance. Everyone's running through the field, like cheering, just like Rocket League. You hear the the bear, the, the horn and everything. So I, I like it a lot. You play, it's again, rugby, handball. and I, I did watch this a little bit. Uh, you, it reminded me of an Amiga game I played growing up called Speedball, except uh, that was top-down, and the format was kind of futuristic Tron-like in terms of, like, everybody's wearing these futuristic outfits. It's kind of a metallic setting. Whereas this thing, I mean, the the inspiration of Overwatch is clearly in the aesthetic and the way the characters are designed and how people move about. But I definitely saw reminiscence of that game that I mentioned a second ago. I just looked up Speedball, and it looks really close to this. Or, uh, Speedball, yeah. and it looks really close to Steel Circus, honestly. Damn. Yeah. But the, the characters are, are again... Like an Overwatcher, like I said earlier, Apex Legends, or you guys said. I was makes, just throwing out names. I don't know what you're talking about. 
they're just they're just very unique <laughs> in the way that how they function. There's a guy who looks like a robot butler. There okay. is a there is a sports lady with dreads. Wait, define sports lady. Uh, it looks like a Serena Williams. <laughs> All right, now that's better. That that paints a better picture to me than sports lady. Yeah. There is a knight with a shield. There is a robot that has a, that's on a, on two wheels and has a laser cannon. There, uh, it, it's just giving you personality for each character and with their different abilities. Is there backstory? I'm really concerned about the backstory in this. I did not see any. Ooh, I think mm. that's a that's a killing point for me. I will say though that there are, there is a lot of customization, a lot of microtransactions already, and this is a beta test that I played. And there was it was already pre-built. It's like, oh, do you want your character to have three different outfits? Do you want them to have three different scores? Do you want the banner to be a different color? What do you want their cheer like their cheer dance to be? You can change that what their victory dance is. How do you want them to pose at the end? They built it all in. They took those cues directly from I all of those other multiplayer like games. It, it, this is this too much of a stretch, but saying it's more like a Dota two then with the level of customization compared. Because you got your squad of three characters, but how far away from the action is it? Are oh, you it's first pretty... person or third person? It's top down. You see oh, most of the field. Well, yeah, then that feels more like a Dota to me. It does. It just the the over the Apex Legends comparison comes from after you win to see your stats, the cha- the banner can be changed. Uh, you know, the or the the where when you, when you win, the victory banner can look different and have different hues. Hmm. Your guy can have a different color trail. It's you can have different explosions, which that's like Rocket League when you have a goal, you can change the color of the the explosion. Now this might be crazy, but could there be too much customization? That's a discussion to have now. You want to yeah. get into it? Let's get into that. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. No, I, I want to hear your opinion, Alex. What, <laughs> what, what, what do you think? This, what, oh, what constitutes shit. too much customization? I don't think there's too much customization. It's just interesting to me that they've done so much of customization that I didn't realize. So in Apex Legends, even when you jump out of the plane, you have a trail behind you, and they've made it so you can customize the trail, or you can customize when you're falling. You can do like a little spin. Or a cool flip, or your guy can have a different voice line, like "Oh, this sure is fun falling out of a plane." Like they made, you can customize that. All of those things. Like I'm thinking, like the worst thing that could happen from too much customization options is maybe you just get overwhelmed and don't bother using it. I mean, any more of the customization stuff is usually a vehicle to try to sell microtransactions or loot boxes and stuff. So that might be the underhanded side effect of it too, but. At least in theory, I'm, I'm not sure if there is anything that constitutes too much customization. All right, well, when was the last time you played a game and you spent, uh, let's say, 45 minutes creating your character at the beginning? Out of uh, Worlds? Probably, probably Fallout 3, and I probably spent more time customizing my character than actually playing it. That, that but, did happen uh, to me. Yeah. What about, I don't know, Metal Gear? Oh, yeah, that was Metal Gear 5. <laughs> that was real funny. Oh, sweet. I can make my own character. No. That, that no. was in service of a bit, and you know it. It was explained <laughs> later, and we're not going to go into it. When you well, say explained later, you mean I had to play through the whole damn game. <laughs> There's yes. payoff. Joel, tell me about Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> so I've got this little uh, thing here. It is a, I'm going to say, a yoga ring. 
of some kind, a resistance band. It's called it's of it, some type. It's not yoga. It's something else. But keep uh, going. Pilates. Pilates. There we go. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the word. Uh, so Ring Fit Adventure is something that came out what a month ago now, yes. a month or so. Mm-hmm. It is a exercise game in the same vein of like the Wii Fits and the Wii Fit U's, and. Uh, Nintendo for a while had a quality of life initiative that they were trying to work out into how to integrate outside of video games. I don't know if you know much about that, but all that to say is that they had announced a while back that they had shelved some of that quality of life initiative stuff, that which was supposed to be like sleep monitoring and, and biometric type information. But they released this thing, and it's a game tied with uh, this Pilates ring. That's like a resistance band that you have to like push or pull pretty hard to actually get it to bend or move. And a band that you put around your leg. And then it tracks you doing exercises with it. One of the interesting things about Ring Fit Adventure, I was going to say Wii Fit Adventure. But, yeah, uh, almost. I've, I've, I've done it yeah. several times already. Yeah. <laughs> is that there is a legit adventure mode, like a story mode. And, you know, I, I got to say it does not do a bad job of setting up a premise and actually having you act on it and then integrating the exercise stuff with actual gameplay. I mean, it's it's shallow in its storytelling. So it's it's a pretty simple thing where you're an exercise dude or girl. <laughs> dude. And I mean, if you saw pictures, it, it's a dude, bro. It's a dude, um, it's, it's <laughs> a dude bro. That's right. It's oh a God. total dude, bro. Yeah. But <laughs> you encounter this like ring in the game and I, I don't, is his name actually Ring? I don't yeah. remember. No, his name is Ring. His name is Ring. Okay. Okay. But it's like a magical ring with like a, a Legends of the Hidden Temple kind of face thing going on. And you encounter his protege, which was is this like buff dragon called uh, Drago. <laughs> yep. And basically Drago is taking all of the ring, Ring's powers and you have to follow, track Drago down and beat him in exercise contests which are the way that battles act out. And each level is a track that you have to actually run in place to move along the track or the landscape. And there'll be like uh, coins and other collectibles along the side that you can collect by, if you pull the Pilates ring apart, it acts like a vacuum and sucks up the stuff around you. And, and then there'll be intermittent battle sequences, which will be like your typical RPG battle sequences. But instead of just selecting it from the menu which attack to use each attack is assigned to an exercise type and each exercise type will have be color coded and that color coding will determine strengths and weaknesses against the enemies all right so like so it'll be before, yeah, go before you go any further how many of the exercises that it prompts you to do have you been doing regularly in real life before before starting before this? starting uh i mean I guess jogging the place is about as close as I get to actually being on a treadmill or running outside. So that. <laughs> no. All right. So I, I mean, to, to be to be clear, like I, I am woefully out of practice when it comes to uh, strenuous exercise outside of uh, aerobic exercise. I've I've been usually lately focusing on diet to drop weight, but I had sort of been holding off on strenuous exercise until i felt i lost a little bit and then now that it's winter and i don't want to go anywhere after i get off work (laughs) my my mindset was like well in in lieu of finding a gym to go to and trying to muster up the uh motivation to leave the house after work at least i could try to see if this thing would act as an acceptable 
thing in place. You know, just something where I can at least try to stay mobile during these cold winter months until things thaw out. Right. Of course. All right. Now, I I work out semi-regularly, and I got the Ring Fit Adventure, and that thing makes me sweat. But to answer <laughs> your question, Getty, you only start with about five exercises, but there supposedly is tons and tons of them that will be added to your repertoire, and then you can pick and choose your loadout. Hmm. Because you have to mm-hmm. imagine that the enemies have different weaknesses per color in each type of exercise, uh, whether it be abs or yoga flexing or different types of exercises will each have different colors associated with them so that certain monsters are weakened to certain colors but at the same time you'll have a red ability which is to squeeze and flex your 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 triceps or something to that extent and then there's another one where you'll have to do it and it's the same color but it's a bicep one and at the same time it hits three monsters instead of one hmm so there so, is strategy. It's a turn-based RPG. Wh- when when do they start marketing the weights that go with this? I mean, I don't know, but I'll, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I um, mean, tr- truthfully, I, I suspect that they probably don't have much strategy for selling it beyond what they already included with it. I bet you, if anything, if they have anything like that, it'll be with Ring Fit Adventure 2. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, but I, I, I actually... For someone who has not been consistent in exercising, I agree with Alex. It's a workout. And at least, like, the calorie count isn't huge from what I've seen. Does usually, like, my daily dosage of it right now is between 25 and 30 minutes of strenuous exercise through it. Because they, they count your time spent in it, not based on how long the software has been on, but instead how much it's calculated you having active time doing either jogging in place or during these battles and Mm. so like the the calorie burn has been like 100 150 but the the resistance training and like the squats and uh some of the crunch ab workout type stuff i mean being out of practice it it doesn't take much to hit hard on this because it's it's usually going at a brisk pace having you mix up these different routines too okay so how does it gauge how you're burning these calories because there's i don't want to get like super technical about exercise but there's a couple of different heart rate zones that you could be in you could be in fat burn you could be in cardio and then you could be in peak so uh, do you have to like put in your weight height uh and age when you start for it to calculate that information they don't ask for too much personal information Mm. like that so i'm not saying it's in precise calorie count i i think they do some just spit on it guesstimation well, well but but also there is an ir scanner on one of the joy con and after each battle they ask you if you want to have your uh heart rate taken oh so it, it can take your time. heart rate okay it does yeah. and yeah. It, it's, a, it's a ballpark the other part is that it asks for just weight and age so mm, height and then i didn't remember that too yeah in the beginning i, I kind of just redid it again today and it asked for uh age and weight and i it, there are other factors but the one factor I take into it is the fact that by the end things were burning and I had sweat through my shirt. Nice. So yeah, sounds like a good workout. Yeah, I I would hesitate to suggest to somebody to cancel their gym membership or normal routine if they already have a consistent routine for exercise. But I mean, in absence of that or as a supplement, uh, if you're wanting to try to gamify your exercise experience, I, I found this fairly effective. I've had it for a week. I haven't taken a day off yet. Haven't really felt 
the need to, even though I've been sore, because it's you can mix and modulate your workout routine uh, to avoid certain parts of your body if like you're still struggling from the day before too because of the way you can swap out the different movesets as you're trying to battle. So it has that variability that really helps you uh, switch up your routine each time you play, as well as if a part of your body feels like it needs a rest. So like my my uh, my thighs are burning <laughs> right yeah. now from, from a bunch of squats. So like tomorrow I might go through my loadout and switch out the squat routines and switch it with another exercise of the same color. And so that it's nice in that way. And also you don't have to do the adventure mode. There is actually just like sections where you can choose your workout and just do those one at a time. So if you're looking for it to be a more direct exercise aid, I think it can do that adequately. But I think the the winning formula formula really is the sort of lighthearted, silly story mode with some of the gamifying exercise. And the JRPG elements with the with the, the combat system, you're doing a lot of that exercise. So when you have a squat, the more you squat, the the more damage you do. Then on top of it, it'll have you do 20 squats in a row, and then it'll say, okay, now do them faster, real quick, 20 squats again. So it, it, it really hits you hard, and it yeah. starts each session with a, a, an active stretching and then ends each session with a passive stretching, like a little mini session where it has you do all like the stretching and a cool-down stretch. So it does at least go down that healthy route. Yeah, you know, I, I was a really a skeptic of this uh, when I first saw it announced. Number one, because it was a weird-ass uh, trailer and announcement for it. But two, Nintendo has had a record of selling stuff under the guise of fitness, and I I didn't find we fit we fit really all that helpful in, in regards to that. I mean, it, it was basically an, a huge accessory for a set of mini games under the premise of being exercise. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little faith in it, but I some of the impressions came out and seemed fairly positive about it being a legit thing. And I'll set one out says every day that I've done this so far, I've been sweating, uh, huffing and puffing, and uh, I have definitely felt like I have forced my muscles to do work that it hasn't been doing as much as it probably should. So it's good. One last thing I just want to throw in there. It's cool to see that you're fighting this drago dragon boss <laughs> only because when you're like oh i gotta pick my spell i gotta do this thing in the background that dude is doing one-arm push-ups he is flexing hard on you and that little nice touch makes me laugh so that was uh the backlog blog and that was ring fit adventure just came out about a month ago now that video games are helping us with our fitness goals is there ever really a reason to leave the house no really I'm going to order my groceries during the break. Hmm. Amazon brand banana chips. Add to cart. BRB, guys. news not all the news just the news that we feel like conversating on that's not a word conversating i don't know if i mentioned that before but i thought we banished that intro already mm, i don't think so i think hey, i remember that I, I think i got a better one alex how about What's next that? time you just start hey we're at the news 
Here's some news, bitches. I'm absolutely not going to say that. So, are you a news bitch, Daddy? Yes, I am. So, news it up. (laughs) Let's start with the Game Awards. The Game Awards, we did an impromptu live stream with our friends from Gaming Fix. A lot of fun. We talked over it, did the whole talking heads thing. Not the band. Not the band. Never the band. That's okay. (laughs) Some things to talk about with the Game Awards. Xbox released their new, what it looks like, what it is. Xbox, but they are based on different series, and this one that they showed was called the Series X. Mm. Looked like a brick. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to put it on a gas pedal of someone's car and drive it off a bridge. Um, um, (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, That's grudgy. (laughs) With that, they announced the Hellblade sequel. Which is weird because that game did not need a sequel, but it looked cool as hell. Right. Mm-hmm. That looked cool. Uh, anything else uh, worth highlighting? Anybody had any? I know that I liked the Bunsen and Beaker segment. Did getting you miss the whole thing? I definitely missed the whole thing because I was in, in an escape room during the the proceedings. Well, that's that's worth going back to. You should uh, search that after we are done here. At least I, the Bunsen I, and Beaker part. I really. Uh, I don't know how that Xbox would fit into my entertainment center. It's very... I mean, like, the, it is like an obelisk. <laughs> it's really kind of weird how they, they've turned it into this huge rectangular cube. Oh, come on, Joel. You just messed up my transition into the break. <laughs> he did. <laughs> come on. Sorry. I worked real hard on that. I I was sitting there staring at it like, shh, how the... Shh, shh. I'll cut it out. How it's the okay. hell does this thing Sleep. fit into a TV Sleep. stand? <laughs> Well, how do you feel about the name? (laughs) Series X? Uh, Yeah. I'm kind of mad about it. Why? Because it's it's now just the Xbox again. And then you you throw the series in there. Did you ever call it, like, anything else? Did you call it an Xbox One? The original? No, I just called it an Xbox because that's what it was. What did you call the 360? Did you call it a 360 or did you call it an Xbox? The 360. Okay, but what about Xbox One? What did you call it? Nothing, because I don't have it. But you called it an Xbox. I, I own the thing, and I call it the X-Bone. I mean, that's good, and that's hilarious. And one thing I saw was the Xbox SEX. But <laughs> n- needless to say, I think that like the the mothers of the world and the aunts and the grandmothers buying it for their kid, ne- nephew, grandson, I don't know, the Xbox. He likes the old Xbox. Alex, uh, I, I, back in my day at, at Walmart, I definitely had a woman come in and ask me for a Playboy Advanced. So, <laughs> <laughs> See? This is easy. Everybody wants the Xbox. Which one? I, I don't know. I've, I've, we're going towards the iPhone, iPad model of things, aren't we? Where it's just going to be every two years, some iterative update. I feel like that's where we're headed. It's, it's fine as long as there's a delineation. Because the one thing you said was iPad iPhone. The iPad I have a problem with. And that's because they don't have an iterative name. Oh, Xbox, I thought he was going to say because it isn't a blanket. No, <laughs> it's a Series X. Series X. And there'll be a Series R probably, or a Series S. And that's all fine. You can delineate. Series XX. Exactly. Triple Series X. Series Triple X. Yes. Starring, uh, starring Ice Cube. But No, go back. <laughs> <laughs> the point that was I'm... a Vin Diesel platform. Thank you very much. I... You didn't count. You didn't count the sequel with Ice Cube. Nobody counted it. No, <laughs> <laughs> that is not canonical. Triple X. Thank you very much. Okay, sorry, sorry. I d- didn't mean to offend. 
the triple x bmx triple x the triple x purists only the triple <laughs> x with vin diesel and then the sequel with vin diesel got it okay the ipad they only delineate now by year that's the ipad mm. 2017 that's the ipad 2016 which one well there was three of them in 2016 but we'll just say the other one like there's no way there's not a good delineation and it's confusing xbox series yeah. x i'll take it well, I mean, that, that's almost kind of my concern, though, is that I feel like that's where we're headed. Even, like, Switch, the before the Switch came out when it was NX, Nintendo's talks were all about how they were focusing on unifying the platforms between the home console and the portable. But it wasn't just the whole concept of the Switch. It was also, like, everything's going to use the same software platform. We're looking at uh, iterative changes over time where it's going to be, like, every two to four years we're going to be releasing sort of uh, incremental changes to the model which i mean in theory that's not such a bad thing because it means that at least there shouldn't be such hard stops but then you looked at stuff like uh, the ps4 and ps4 pro where you and i are playing control right now your experiences with that game have been a little bit different than mine because of some of the troubles you've had with technical problems that while there's been slowdown in instances of mine it hasn't been like crashing or causing situations where you feel like you need to like reinstall the game to see if you can fix something Jesus. that is that's fair. no what that happened hell? uh just for reference control we had we had similar problems though you did have the one where the gun was not in your hand that happened to me as well that was that was a weird firmware update thing like who who sends a firmware update and then by definite by that happening somehow the game decides that you unequipped all your weapons yeah. <laughs> like, I, how I, would you guess that? I stopped playing because I had to hold do a whole section just using mental powers, and I, that was, like, hard as hell. I was wondering why I, I had to rely on throwing yeah. objects. Yeah, <laughs> it sucked. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that but, definitely sounds like a developer problem. But, 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 I did have more problems, things like my game crash, and then at one point I found a section that was impassable because it kept saying... The file was corrupt, so I had to uninstall, reinstall. Luckily, my save backed up on the cloud, so I was able to pull it right again. So anyway, all that to say that I worry in some ways for our bleak video game future if it's something where we're not going to... I mean, I feel like this generation has been a lesson that it makes more sense to have hard console generation stops because at least it forces anybody making the game to work on the same set of tools and not have a weird have and have-nots division you know yeah no joel to your credit with that uh comment if you think about it looking at the progress of some of the games in the older systems by the time that you get to the end of it the end of the generation with that system all the devs have had the tool set for so long that the games they are phenomenal and you wonder how you got some games on that console and then right. like two years later you have something completely just stellar Mm-hmm. exactly yeah so i I think you and I are aligned on that, even though I don't. I don't think that's where we're headed, though. But no, gotta grab that cash, man. <laughs> so that was the Xbox Series X reveal. Now, the highlight that me and Joel had been mulling over was Bunsen and Beaker from the Muppets were included as presenters, and they had a whole stick funnier. The funniest thing that happened to me that I saw was they had Beaker come out and he's wearing VR, a VR, you know, an Oculus VR headset. And Bunsen goes, oh, you're looking at my new glued on model. Glues right to your face. You never have to take it off. And then he just starts freaking out. <laughs> that in the, or, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
or or they uh they unta- they announced their uh new project the untitled beater game and it's it's basically like they planted beater into <laughs> untitled deuce game is sort of like uh waddling around in it and then the untitled deuce showed up as a muppet with them and uh chaos ensued as they were trying to announce the winner of uh what was that category see that's the problem is, is that the bit outdid the category yeah it did i don't quite remember but i do have some of the winners that to me kind of stood out i have them all in front of me so mm-hmm. just real quick game of the year Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Can't wait till Joel mails that to me, because I want to try it. <laughs> Someday. Yep. Uh, let's see. Games of Impact, Gre- uh, Grizz? Gree? Gree? I think Grease? it's called Grease. Grease. Okay. That's yeah. uh, that's what I think it was. I think they, they announced the game for Impact, and they did Grease. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, no. Wait. Oh, I was thinking, sorry. I was thinking about Fresh Indie Game, brought to you by Subway. <sighs> brought to you by Fun God. Subway. That... <laughs> Was uh, that was Dis- also Greece? No, oh, no, sorry, Disco, it was Elysium. Disco Elysium. Yes, sir. Excuse me. All right. And I just want to say, I called it. I said it up front. I said it on this podcast. Mads Mikkelsen, best performance. Mm. So, yep. Yep. That's you that's definitely fun. did talk a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> you did say a lot of words. Yep. Uh, the game awards. Well, I felt I liked it a lot. I felt it was fun. Just that they did go through those awards super fast. And it seemed like they didn't get their due. You know, it's funny. A lot of the grievance I saw online was how so much of it was basically a commercial for other games. And maybe I'm part of the problem, but that's part of what interested me about the Game Awards is that the potential for new announcements and more details on upcoming stuff. Like the the Oscars or uh, some of these TV award shows, they are incredibly stuffy and self-indulgent and self-important to a point where it, it is just sucks out the fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess, I guess that's, I mean, as much as I kind of uh, don't, eh, to like the best influencer or best esports team or best esports coach or whatever, I, I feel like, I feel like those are a bit discordant with the spirit of like an award show. Like the, the injection of, new game announcements and stuff was a nice way to break it up between sort of the the self-congratulatory pat on the back well done everybody nature of an award show with stuff that would draw a more casual crowd i think in a way it complements the industry in itself because there's so much of it that's yeah guys we grapple with this every week we want to play all of these games and uh, while we dwell on the past a little bit and talk about them there's something right around the corner and it's the new hype. It's what's trying to get people excited. So mm-hmm. I, that's the only reason I ever try and pay attention to any of the gaming conventions is to see what's coming up, not to see what is already out. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you on that. It is interesting to take that deep dive into the game industry and see what everyone's up to. And these things are happening where these esports and you have these pros or even just content creators, you know, I, I didn't understand. I don't know a lot of content creators. I honestly don't. But I do remember two years ago, Greg Miller won from Kind of Funny. And that is somebody I, I do follow pretty pretty heavily. So I thought that was a that was a cool thing for me to be like, oh, that they actually do kind of recognize different types of people. Sometimes it is like just a podcaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Arona's angling for his best host mm-hmm. of the year award. Best Give host me- of the year. 
Give me them do- give me them nominations. Actually, I think if it's on this podcast, it's going to go to the goose from an Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> Which he then interrupted the Bunsen and Beaker segment and started attacking. I, I mean, I could replace all of Ramona's talking with honk, honk, honk. Fuck. <laughs> How long would that take? <laughs> Insert the honk here. Insert the honk it's, here. It's, it's, it's going to be basically like copy and paste, right? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> next piece uh good oh, you wanna... I, i'm sorry was was there any other announcements that we wanted to touch on or mention i, I feel like there is i feel like the xbox thing overshadowed a lot but there was also uh a new rpg from nintendo uh just bravely default 2 which i found interesting although the characters looked a little too chibi for my liking a lot of magic the gathering stuff too which took me took me by surprise yeah and then we're going to save the major announcement just for a discussion in our reader mail. All right. Oh, fair. The major announcement. Yeah. Yeah. The major. <laughs> but for, uh, for the most part, yeah, there was a lot of Magic the Gathering. A lot. It was very heavy. But, you know, they have Arena coming out, so. God damn it. You're so <laughs> Joel, mad now because you No, no. Joel, when are you moving closer so we can play physical Magic the Gathering? Uh, I mean, how many years till retirement? Uh. <laughs> we, should, uh, we should take pictures of a game board and do like <laughs> turns by mail or something yeah Jesus christ <laughs> pond like, to rook three yep. yeah <laughs> next square enix filed a trademark for near on november 29th going along with this news just to package everything up capcom trademarks dino crisis dark stalkers power stone and cyberbots uh... man i kind of love all of that Power Stone? Do you do not talk, you do not talk <laughs> bad about Power Stone on this podcast, sir. Dark Stalkers. Love Dark Stalkers. BB Hood all day. The Morgan. anime? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> did you just get super pumped? Yeah. I did get super all, pumped. Always with the BBs. I heard I heard the <laughs> pump in your yeah. voice. Dude, that Frankenstein dude was awesome. The zombie with a cool guitar. Hell yeah. The merman. Oh, everything about Darkstalkers I was, I was super into. I, It's going to be a fighter. I, can't it just be like a, an RPG <laughs> so I can get to know the characters a little bit better and not, and not feel really bad about how poorly I play fighters? No, you get into fighters and you like it. No, I will not. I was just, yeah, no, no, you did into it, and you worked really hard and put hours and hours into one character until you feel relatively competent, nope. and then you did it against your friends, but then you go online and figure out that everybody is ten times better than you and just crushes your soul, but you keep going anyway because you can't stop yourself. They That's how you play a fighter. You. They raffle stomp you, and then they say, GG, easy, and that makes it really <laughs> even more sad. Ugh. <laughs> I'd rather you play get- Dino Crisis. <laughs> the funny part is that this is a very common experience that me and Joel do regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's just play some Dragon Ball Fighters. I'll go online. No, I'm gonna go play well, with my friends. That's that's why it was the best thing ever when we got Heartwood to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> but that, but then he got decent at it. So. What you gonna do, man? So yeah, you do. Uh, near. That's that's an interesting one. If it alludes to anything besides just like maintaining the trademark, but. I, uh, Daddy, did you play Near Automata? Uh, I think he played it before you did. Is that a real question? 
Yeah. I did. don't know. Yeah, he definitely did. He did. <laughs> I like that that game I know is beloved in like video game industry circles and stuff. I don't know how much reach it truly had. Like I had no understanding of what it was until it finally just bubbled up with you, the praise. But. You know that I bought the t- I I don't know oh, if Joel, I shared Joel, it on the podcast. We but gotta I, we gotta break it to you. I hmm. bought tickets to go see the near orchestra. Oh, that's awesome. And I got one for Alex too. <laughs> yeah. We have a we have a bro date. <laughs> it's literally you, in you my guys, calendar as a bro date. You guys are gonna have a really good time. <laughs> I I that's cannot awesome. even wait. Dude, it's fi- it's around the corner from my house. Yep. Well, I, you know, the, We're gonna the crazy Uber. thing about that too is that yeah. there is not you're not gonna have another opportunity to even see that again. You know, I mean, it's such an obscure thing that they're not going to tour that around. No, the world. Joel. They so the original, like, concert that they did sold out in I want to say hours. So they added a mm-hmm. second show, and the mm-hmm. second it went on sale, I got tickets. I just nice. had to. Yeah, yeah, that good choice, <laughs> good choice. And again, it's a, that's the only place in America, I believe. I don't think they're going. Are they going anywhere else in America? Uh, they are. Well, hold on. I didn't know if I it can was check New that. York or if it was West Coast. I thought they had at least one more location. It's but... usually West Coast when they do shows like this. Yeah. But, I mean, the music was one of the best things about that game. So, a great choice. Uh, I, I've i heard mixed things about Near, the original. I've heard nothing so, but bad things. <laughs> so, well, I, I've heard that the story is good, but that the gameplay is a slog. So, like... There are plenty of people on this earth that will suffer a bad game in order to experience a story. That's how I felt about Nier Automata. Uh, that's how I felt about The Last of Us sometimes, but I mean... Agreed. It... <laughs> no question there. You just gotta make it through. All right, Joel, so... Uh, and Alex, they do Los Angeles, Chicago, London, and then Thailand. That's the, okay. only, mm-hmm. the only places you're going to be able to see this this year, at least. Or this Very coming cool. year. The question. I'm going to be real curious to hear what you guys think of that. I'm going to buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah. A band shirt. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to wear my Distant World shirt and I'm going to buy another shirt. Sick. <laughs> I'm curious if they do an actual if there's an orchestra local that is being hired to do this and it's like each local area has their own band that's going to do this or if it's an actual traveling orchestra. They travel. Are they? Or at least the Distant Worlds. They travel. Okay. Okay. I haven't done Distant Worlds. That price is that's really that's a high price. I don't care. They played. I I told you guys they played mostly Final Fantasy VII songs this last time mm. that they were around. It was amazing. Now, okay, out of these, near I'm very interested. If it does come out, if they come out with a remake, I will play it, and I will try it out, and I will try to understand how it, it doesn't have hardly any connection to near Automata. It, it needs a game revamp. It needs to be more in the model of Nier Automata with Platinum Games involvement if it's going to be anything compelling. Right. I feel, and, I feel comfortable with them doing that, though. I feel like they and, would. And my concern is that Nier Automata has such abstract story thoughts to share throughout the whole experience, and, and it delves so much in not just like the direct storyline, but also philosophy and general questions of existence that I don't the little I've gleaned about Nier, it sounds like it's a much more straightforward kind of story. So I wonder if it's going to be kind of a letdown from that standpoint as someone who's never played it before. But yeah, if they, if they do put real effort into remaking the entire thing, modernizing it, then I, I think I'm more interested in it then. I just, I like the, the design. That guy just 
some weird out there designs as far as costumes are concerned. Less interested in how he does the ladies. Those are <laughs> I've seen characters from Near, the, uh-huh. the original game. Yeah, don't don't play that around your kids. Don't play that around your kids. Now, I I, I I'm very interested in Dino Crisis, and Darkstalkers, and Power Stone, and Cyberbots. Do you guys like the Capcom games? Do you think there's something that could be could have been added to that? I mean, if Dino Crisis ends up just being Resident Evil except dinosaurs, that's what it was. That's what it was. Right, but like more in the vein of the remade rather than the the PlayStation One games. Okay. If it's something mm. like that, I could see an interesting taste for it. Same no, here. it's going to turn into the Jurassic Park remakes. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm very interested in that. Dark Soccers could stand to be given the Street Fighter V and or Guilty Gear treatment. Power Stone is just fun to play still. So there's nothing to do there. You already hit perfection. Make another <laughs> one. You're all set. In Cyberbots, you just do an old school you know, um, sketch, you know, more artistic, a little bit more cartoony, anime fighter. Boom. Cyberbots is awesome. Honestly, I just don't have any familiarity with the other three. Like, I, I'm I'm faintly familiar with Dartstalkers just because of uh, the... <laughs> Being time a child. <laughs> the time and place. The, well, the, the the main character is also in Marvel vs. Capcom, so... Yeah, yeah they threw those um, characters in there. But you know, yeah. De- you know Devilot... And for Marvel vs. Capcom, there was a one dude who was in a white suit with a bandana, and whenever you would punch, a robot arm would come out. Mm-hmm. Those two are both from Cyberbots. Okay. That's where, that's it's the same thing as again in Marvel vs. Capcom, but again you have mechs that can be used. See, see some of those I'd be surprised if they showed up in their own game again. Uh, I'd be more, I'd be less surprised if Capcom did like a, a Capcom wide fighter thing, you know. And well, I know they've been, done it before, but there's been talks of a Capcom Capcom versus Capcom. <laughs> well, there there's a game called like Capcom Fighters Made a Mix or something like that. That yeah. basically was that. Uh, so I I feel like the the pieces are already there. I just don't know if these franchises hold their own enough to warrant their own release. Right. That that's my question. I'm gonna drop it to forty. I think you're all set. Hmm. But that's just me. Last bit of news. Yes, it is. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sony unleashes a new PS4 add-on to give paddles on the back of the controller with LED screens. I just, I got something to say. Wait, you know that my custom controller has the paddles on the back, right? Oh, that's cool. Yep. How do you, how do you program them? I couldn't afford to get them programmed, so (laughs) they only control two of the buttons, the square and the circle. Hmm. I would have them do the sticks. I don't like the sticks. I don't like the L3, R3. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I could have afforded to get the reprogrammable, like, feature on it, I would have, but it was really steep. No, uh, I like the paddles. It's it's been a function that I've been saying forever, like, we need paddles on the back. And then I got the Steam controller, and that thing's kind of trash, but it's got paddles on the back that are programmable, and I use those sons bitches. That's really all I have to say. I like paddles on the back, it seems... Yeah, it's easy uh, for me to use. In Destiny, it feels a little bit more organic when I'm running, and I do like the slide to yeah. hit one of the panels, a uh, paddles. Joel, would you like the paddles? Uh, I remember when the Wii came out with a little attachment you put at the bottom to increase its accuracy, called the Wii Motion Plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember your I, discussion about it in one of I our bought, earlier episodes. I I bought that. I'm not buying this. <laughs> Until you come over to my house and be like, "Man, these paddles sure are pretty cool." 
I do like panels. It, for whatever grievances I have about current controllers, uh, back paddles are not one of mine. Uh, I think they're great for accessibility standpoint because I, I think that some people might have more trouble with uh, traditional controls and that might help with those people. But me personally, I've got no states in this. So Okay. That's cool. Uh, and since you kind of ruined this transition, I'm going to say that right now <laughs> I am on OfferUp trying to find Taiko Notatsu drums for relatively cheap. You know how I do that? I find someone selling them, and then I neg them. Hey, man, no one's going to pay that price. You should probably make it lower. I'm sorry, Daddy. Your your outro is so much better. Oh, yeah, I know. Hold on. so sad. Make an offer. Okay, he's asking for 100. I'm going to send him 20. I'll be back, guys. Taunt, 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 taunt. Let's take a break. play those older games that we purchased on sale then bought dlc for then forgot that we bought dlc sold that game and now we have to rebuy it i know that's a very specific example did we already allude to that this episode <laughs> yes we did. <laughs> that, that was off recording off recording okay <laughs> i made a mistake by reselling street fighter 5 guys yeah. <laughs> this week getty took the brunt of the backlog blog for us Getty, real quick, give me that post-mortem on Call of Cthulhu. You rolled credits on it. Uh, yeah, it actually didn't take us uh, terribly uh, long to finish the game. Dude, so, you streamed for like another four to five hours. I, I don't recall it being that long, but then again, it was it was a pretty long day. You know, man, I was trying to get it done. Yeah, uh, so, you know, it was still really fun to play through the rest of Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm because there's still so many aspects of the game I don't even feel like we got to touch on, uh, being able to customize your character. <laughs> and then uh, I still really want to know some of the... It, okay, so we rolled credits on it, and then Steve and I were looking at how to get the rest of the endings. We got two out of the four, but the other ones were super specific, and I don't even think that i could play through the game a whole two more times in order to meet all of the requirements it was crazy so did you feel like the game was very open-ended for you or there was a lot more you kept finding more and more options and ways to vary vary the gameplay and well you know they did add a part of the game later on where you do get a gun so you can (laughs) you can finally shoot some stuff cool um but I guess that was also one of the things that you have to avoid if you want to get... I don't know if I'd call it the true ending, but probably one of the better endings to this game. Mm-hmm. It was... Man, again, there was another part that we got to that was a little bit of frustration for us. When you're trying to escape from the like the hospital psychiatric ward, whatever the hell it ended up being. I think it was just a straight hospital, but you have to run around and find these runes that are on the wall and on the ground... And then shine your flashlight on <laughs> your lantern. Yeah, not we're we're way too far in the past to have flashlights, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, 
if you used too much of the lantern, that stupid monster would jump out and kill you again. Of course. I just didn't like that monster. Everything else in the game felt really fluid. It just, that, at that one part, it felt a little bit tacked on. I think the game could have benefited better if instead of dying, you, you gained like sanity points or you lost some of your sanity I guess okay. that makes more sense. Uh, and then uh, there were negative repercussions moving forward. Kind of kind of like the tabletop game, where the more you screw up, <laughs> the less stable your character becomes. And I don't know if we got to see too much of that in the linear path of this game. So you feel like there should have been more references to, or similarities to the tabletop game? I think that if they tried to make it like the tabletop game, if you screwed stuff up, there was a lasting impression i know that when we were looking through the tabs of the game you saw that there was that like sanity uh, not gauge but just moments where your character had a break and uh, as you go through it fills up with different stuff and i don't think you can avoid all of it but there's Mm -hmm. some stuff that you can do differently so that your character does go crazier cool but then that should affect the dialogue options that you have later in the game more so than uh, the weird like a uh, script that we saw. All right. All right. Now, but, uh, just for reference, uh, you were at about nine hours total of that game. From from what I'm looking at as our Twitch streams, we have part one and two up on YouTube, but I got to put up that final four hour joint of you lies last weekend, killing that game and then getting that second ending. Cause you guys went back and it rolled back to a point where you could just make a second option and get a second ending. Yeah, it was kind of nice about that, how it ended it right before the last encounter. But seriously, the other two playthroughs that we'd have to do in order to get <laughs> the rest of the endings, not, in my opinion, not worth it. So did you, would you recommend this to people? I I had a lot of fun with it. I know Steve had a lot of fun with it. Just but if be- you were playing solo? If I was playing solo, <laughs> if I was playing solo I might go back for seconds or thirds on it mm-hmm. just to see what I could do differently. But as it goes, having these uh, times with Steve where we just play through a game, it makes it a lot more enjoyable when we just, like, pin it at the end. Getty, does this game have a chapter select? I don't think it has a chapter select. I think you have to jump back to your save points. Okay, Does it, listening to you talk about how they're branching paths based off of the decisions you make and good and bad endings i keep on thinking back to like the telltale games where after you beat the game Mm -hmm. you can sort of choose a point from a certain chapter where you can sort of pick up where you left off from that chapter point yeah so you can decide whether or not right And, and i feel like at least for someone like me who is hesitant to replay any game I don't adore just to fill out story beats, it's a tall ask for me to start something from scratch all over again just to say I saw 100% of everything that I didn't love. Same problem I have with the Fire Emblem, uh, a series that I like a lot, but I've got issues with the pacing of uh, For Three Houses. So I, I was wondering that because this sounds like something that could benefit from that. It could but the way that this one, or at least this game is set up, it, the the one really, I guess, good ending, you would have to do the whole thing over again. I want to say you can't drink. You're not supposed to read any of the, the dark books that you come across. 
and then you're not supposed to kill anybody in the last couple of scenes of the game. It's it's a real tall ask. <laughs> I normally if I was gonna it's like play me through going it, to work. <laughs> I was I was gonna say if I go through it by myself, uh, like with the Dishonored games, I try and do a no kill run to start, and if I screw it up, then you know all Murder. bets are off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, no. No real way to go back on that. Okay, so you're saying that you do you would recommend this to people. I don't think I necessarily would unless you're really into adventure games. But again. It was still fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, this game I've been interested in, but only because I watched the rise and fall of it in the way that it was announced, gave you them feels of something very specific, and then turned out it isn't at all what people thought it was. And then when it they actually went backwards and redeveloped the game to try to remove some of the stuff people didn't want, and it ended up being a hodgepodge. We're talking about We Happy Few, a game that trailer debuted at an E3 press conference. Everyone thought, oh, holy crap, this kind of looks like Bioshock. And then they had an online beta test where it turns out it was a very heavy survival game where you had to drink, eat, and sleep to continue to progress the story or else your character would die. And then people complained about it, then they went back and redeveloped some of those things out of the game, leaving it to be kind of a hodgepodge. Getty, what did you think of We Happy Few? So they, uh, let me preface this with saying that I waited until it was on sale. I got it for $10 for PlayStation 4 uh, because it's something that I really wanted to play just because, as Alex said, it felt, or at least it looked a lot like Bioshock. And in some ways, it didn't disappoint from that. In other ways, it felt a lot more like Fallout. There's still a lot of elements that require you to be, for lack of a better word, an adult in your playthrough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Why would I want to do that in a video game? I wrote this kind of cute intro to it because I felt like I was clever. Uh, I don't know if it's actually clever or not, but where to start in a game where forgetting is better than just living your life with all of the pain of the past? So... The real premise for the story is that you are in some part of the United Kingdom where it's on lockdown after World War II, and they distribute drugs to everybody. They're free, and it's called Joy. And Joy makes you feel just fucking fantastic. Yeah, it does. And it also makes you forget about everything. And then when you stop taking your Joy, it's a real hangover. It's a a harsh come down, man. Yeah, it's real harsh. Like, when you take your joy, everything's bright, there's rainbows, there's all of these vibrant colors. If you don't take your joy, everything looks like a rotten dumpster. (laughs) The color palette in the game changes. Uh, Your character in, in one of the characters' playthroughs, if he takes the joy, he just vomits uncontrollably because he can't stand it. But the game is broken up into three stories. There's Arthur, Sally, and Ollie. So Arthur being the main character of the story, he is working one day, and he has a flashback of his brother jumping onto a train, a train that takes him away from from everyone because of the war. And it, it later becomes apparent that the Germans, they requested all of the children be sent away for whatever reason grim it's it's yeah it's not abundantly clear in some aspects but at the same time you can tell that it's really bothering arthur 
So he starts freaking out, loses his shit, <laughs> and escapes from his office. And that's kind of where the story snowballs. Yes. So his actions, along with uh, Sally and Oliver, they, they all tell different stories, but they're all interconnected. So in order for Arthur to escape, to try and find his brother Percy, he he finds himself in the outskirts of town where all of people are living, but it's shitty, like really shitty. All of the buildings are destroyed. Uh, there's not enough food. <laughs> there's barely enough water. And that's where the survival element kicks in. Yeah, and they, they, they for the most part, removed large swaths of it so that it's not nearly as extreme. And at certain points, from my understanding, you don't even have to engage in it. Is Did you, did you feel like you did you, you were forced to engage in it? or was In it some optional? ways, yes. So it, it, for Arthur, he doesn't have anything really hinky that you need to take care of. You need to eat. You need to drink. Otherwise, it severely reduces your ability to run and to attack people. Uh, once you get to the playthroughs for Sally and, and uh, Oliver, Ali, it's... It's weird. So Sally, uh, let me finish with with Arthur first. So you go through all of these steps. It definitely feels like, a, as Alex would describe it, a game-ass game. Yep. <laughs> so you definitely have to do all of these things in order to progress the story. Some of them go for, uh, you run into Oliver first. He asks you to, to do something for him. Great. You get to know him a little bit. Uh, you realize that he's a crazy Scott. <laughs> yeah. A drunk Scott, too. And uh, he oh, kind of know. <laughs> uh, he disappears from the story, uh, right. and then uh, once you make it back to civilization, as it were, you find Sally again uh, for the first time. Uh, you run into her a couple more times, but here's where it gets kind of weird. So some of the buildings in Arthur's playthrough, Sally's playthrough, uh, in all of them, they change locations. Cool. No. <laughs> That's one of the things that bothered me. Like, I'd know specifically where this one building was, and then when I got to the second character's playthrough, they moved it to a different part of the city. Hmm. And I was like, why would you do that? Uh, either way. Suffice to say, Arthur, he finally manages to escape the city in search for his brother, but a little bit of spoilers here. A lot of bit of spoilers. We'll, we'll just do a full spoiler warning, because I don't know how many people are going to play this. He finds out that the reason why his brother, Percy was loaded onto the train is because he switched the ID cards. So they were taking all the kids under 13 and he swapped the cards. So he was the older brother instead of his, instead of Percy. So he then is trying to figure out whether he wants to live with that memory at the end of the game. And if he should just take some joy and be happy again. Mm -hmm. That's a tough, that's a tough decision. Yeah, because he, he meets this constable after he's about to cross the bridge into not <laughs> this part of the country. And he's like, dude, I was happy before, wasn't I? And it allows you to pick. Are you going to take the pill? Or are you just going to go? So The question is oldest time. <laughs> Arthur, he's got a rough, uh, rough story. Sally, <laughs> goddamn, Sally is the single mother simulator. Nice. <laughs> I don't know about nice, but right away you figure out that uh, Sally has a kid. Is she a cutie? I, you don't, I, I guess you do get to see her in Arthur's playthrough. You run into uh. her. Uh, all the character models are pretty much the same. So she's not a cutie? It, I mean, she looks like some twigs put together. Got it. She's, 
I don't know. I guess if you like your women really super thin and wearing a mask, then <laughs> I yes. The, I might be into the mask. Let's continue. Because I, I, I didn't really get into the mask thing on this, but the masks that they they have people wear, yeah, they kind of wig me out, especially oh, yeah. the the constables. It's just like the weird. It's a. It, uh, it's almost like that laugh, the laughing and crying faces of like when they have for acting in theater. Yeah. So, uh, Sally, uh, she wants to take care of this kid. Nobody's had a kid in fifteen years, as far as everybody knows. Wait, is this a children and men situation? Uh, people can have kids. Okay. In the, I don't know why nobody chooses to. I think that the drug, the joy, might make them sterile. They didn't really get too far into it. Ironically, that sounds like a pretty joyless situation. Well, if you don't have kids, you don't have to think about them or worry about them. So, But now, this is a third-person action? Because we're at the combat? There is combat. You don't have to use any of the combat. You could stealth through it. Until you get to... It, well... I guess you still could, but my Oliver playthrough was garbage because he murdered everybody. He he doesn't. Ha- okay, so when you go to the different cities, you change your clothes so that you can yeah. fit in. Motherfucker doesn't have a change of clothes. Okay. So everybody looks at him. They're like, "Hey, you come back here!" And they chase after him and they try and like beat the shit out of you. Okay. So I had a couple of murder hobo situations there. <laughs> That's the only way I play. Yeah. Just it's st- straight murder. Yeah. Uh, so Sally wants to get out of the city with her daughter Gwen. Obviously, some of the quests that Arthur has to go on are to benefit Sally. Okay. So that she can give him a letter of transit to get out of the city, but at the same time she needs some cod liver oil to save her daughter's life. So there's a clear trade-off when it comes to those two character storylines. It's interesting, the second and third characters that you play through are much shorter in length than what you have with Arthur and they're probably I I know that this was made by an indie developer it was kickstarted and it it just feels kind of sad that they had to cut so much of I think their original design yeah and at times the game was really unstable during Arthur's playthrough. I feel like because there was so much more of the world, and then in the subsequent characters' stories, they cut out so much of it that the amount of time that you played as them was very short. There was even less side missions. So Arthur, yeah, and, and I've seen like notable bug videos and gifs of there being like, oh, it's a stealth section. Sneak past this guard, and then literally someone walks up is is standing in front of the guard, and the guard doesn't pay attention. I had the opposite situation where it'd be like, okay, sneak past the guard. He would start on a patrol. I'd start to walk past him, and then he'd zoom back to where he was. Well, perfect. And he'd be like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, shit, man. So, you know what? Overall, for all of the the kind of hinkiness that is in the game, it does have a certain amount of charm. It tells a pretty deep story, if you can make it through all three of them. Okay. Because it's a society where everybody's forced to forget the past, and in a lot of ways it hurts them as people. In some ways it makes them stronger, but overall just really depressing. There were very few like upturns in the uh, the story where you're like, oh, I feel better now. I did not feel happy playing this game, <laughs> but I wanted to see what happened to the characters, and it, it did. It pulled sc- you. Th- it pulled you through. 
it it did help me to i do have an affinity for trying to do the survival games too so scavenging building stuff trying to stay alive it's no problem for me it just got real heavy at times okay so it's safe to say this is not showing up on your game of the year list i might put it on there just to spite everyone else <laughs> at least maybe an honorable mention but i've got i've got nine games so far and i still need to pick what that tenth one is so, Getty, overall, would you recommend We Happy Few? It really depends on the person. I feel like there's not too many people that would stick with it like I did, okay. especially looking at the trophy count. Uh, I like to look and see how what, what people uh, have achieved in the game, mm-hmm. and it seems like I'm one of the, the sad few who stuck it out to the end. <laughs> not because it made the game was... I, I did enjoy the game. I just... The story made me really depressed. Okay. That was We Happy Few. (laughs) (laughs) So did that. Let's take our joy and skip Mm. into our bonus segment. Before I remember what it is I'm really supposed to be doing right now. What was it? Joel, what was I supposed to be doing right now? Probably looking up Street Fighter V used copies. Uh, I was supposed to be Christmas shopping. Shit. (laughs) All uh, the stuff on Amazon is mine. It's five days away, Alex. You or six days away. You should get on that. Okay, I gotta go. Yeah, let's take a break. with listener emails this was a message left on our wordpress blog which anyone of anyone of you can do as well we do have a wordpress blog that has the recaps of our episodes as well as what are currently releasing our game of the year lists from friends of the site as well as our own by closer to christmas what Mm -hmm. or if they would want emailed us directly where could they find us at SuperGGRadio at gmail.com. We have Wait, an email? That? SuperGGRadio at gmail.com. I got pretty good at that one. This one is from Phil, my big brother, also friend of the site and creator of our WordPress blog. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> okay, so we're expecting a big reveal near the end of the Video Game Awards, but we got a preview for Fast and the Furious Crossroads. Just as a side note, Vin Diesel did show up with Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> See, Fast and the Furious Crossroads, a game I'm not sure anyone asked for. However, there was an interesting reveal to be certain. The new Fast and the Furious game is being produced by Slightly Mad Studios, the same company that gave us Project Cars and Need for Speed Shift. This is a quality studio that has recently been acquired by Codemasters, another studio who has a good track record for producing racing games. What are the chances that this, is, this will actually be worth playing? Thanks, Phil. Are we going to answer his question? Or are we just going to say, <laughs> oh, no. thanks, Phil, and move on? <laughs> Joel, you take the lead on this one. Um, it, I think the answer is it depends. I, I mean, did they give a release date for that? I don't recall one. No, I don't think so. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, so we should preface this with, as Phil said, they, they tapped the Game Awards with this, and it looked rough. Like, the character models, the cars, the environments looked like a PlayStation 3 game. And 
if it is early on enough to where they felt like they had to spit an announcement out at a premiere award show just to get some hype or maybe something was agreed upon with the Dame Awards just because they wanted some star power beyond uh, Norman Reedus and uh, Mads Mikkelsen there. I-, I could see I could see why they would allot that time and space for something that looks a little rough. And, uh, I mean, Phil's right. Uh, the developers behind Project Cars have a good pedigree, even though some of those games didn't stick from a, a sales standpoint, if I recall right. So I think... I think my answer would be uh, the potentials there. It really depends on how far along they truly are and whether they're banking on the license more than being concerned about Mm. releasing a quality product. And I think that's the big question mark. I'm going to agree with you on a couple of points there, Joel. And I feel really bad if they do feel like they were forced into doing this with such short notice that the overall game doesn't look like a polished or or even very good version but i am struggling right now to think of any very good video games that were based on movies the one thing to note is that one of the good ones was starring vin diesel and that was the riddick game that's right chronicles of riddick yeah he was also in the wheelman which i have not played but i'm told good things uh, the Wheelman is. Were those the Stuntman games? No, no different. Mm, yeah, different okay. series. But it's still around All that right. time, I think. Gotcha. But it, at least the Chronicles of Riddick was third person, or was it first? No, it was first person, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like there's some. I'm not gonna say it's not hard to make a good racing game, but I always feel like. The quality, at least graphically, could look so much better than what we saw. This is one of the few things that I did look up, so I'd be prepared for this email. But come on, guys. Do you know what it looked like? It looked like that new Avengers game. Uh, uh, so everybody's I mean, at, at fat? Least, at, at least he looks like Vin Diesel. In the game. Oh, 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 spicy. For me... I want to know how they handle Han and Deckard Shaw. I have problems with that. Get out of Why is that important to this? You don't turn your back on family. (laughs) Uh, You don't turn your back on family. Joel, you've never seen these movies, have you? I I saw the first one a lifetime ago. But, like, my general sense is that there's sort of, like, a... a, There's plenty of racing, but it's basically action sequence but you know connected with more action sequences <laughs> yes and the, but also like the whole theme is like your family we're family and then an assassin comes and kills one of the best members of the family and then then he helps somebody else's baby and now that guy that assassin's family too no he killed the best member of the family so like my my concern is more so than the looks going back to the the fact that they've got a franchise like it to me you're taking what could be a standard racing game from a good pedigree developer, and then you're tacking on a well-established action franchise, which, in my mind, it adds a certain sense of higher de- higher expectations. You know, like, you, you should expect something beyond a standard racing game that just so happens to have Vin Diesel um, and whomever else is in those movies. <laughs> just, I don't Michelle know. Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I should have said that one. Shaw. Uh, 
uh, Tyrese. Did you say Ludacris. Shaw? You didn't even say Jason Statham. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Uh, Tyrese, wow. Ludacris, The Rock. Uh, there's a lot more Giselle. But but do you get my point though? Like like, it's That's sort of the inverse. It's the inverse problem that it always has with a licensed game in that people making licensed games so often use that as a reason to slack off or at least try to rush something out. Uh, whereas the people who like the license are always hopeful that it means that there's going to be a higher pedigree and higher expectations. And if I were a fan of these movies, my thoughts would be, oh cool, it's a move. It's a game based off these movies. Maybe that means they're going to try to weave in some kind of story, which means more effort. And I'm, I mean, we have really no clue at the end of the day, but my gut reaction says I would have concerns about it. Now, the interesting part is what they did show is that it was a car with two guns on it, which makes me think something along the lines of a twisted metal, which I am pro, except for I'm anti when it comes to the Fast and the Furious. Spy Hunter. Mm-hmm. But, do a spy hunter where it's just uh, driving on a linear track with uh, guns and having to shoot down cars in front of you and use oil slits behind you. and So, well, my thought process mm. is this. Fast and the Furious isn't about racing anymore. It's not just, okay, finish line, you go. That's not what it is anymore. So the game can't be that. But if it's all just I, I drive and then I can shoot machine guns out of my car, that's not enough either. There has to be more to it than just what you just these basic premises. There needs to be, uh, you know, jumping from rooftop to rooftop, using a safe as a weapon, things things like that. You, sh- you need to figure out what you try fighting some hackers by racing them, but they're in go karts that flip your car. Racing a submarine as it's shooting torpedoes. That there's a those movies are real good, Joel. So, I, uh, so whoa, I, I guess whoa, whoa. I, they're real I guess good. They're real good. <laughs> They're real crazy. Real good. Uh, no, so, I guess the real question is, what, what does Phil want out of these games? Is he expecting something that's more a uh, standard fare racing game? Because even the need for speeds, like I know they've got the hot pursuit kind of stuff sometimes too, but most of them are still a type of racing game. And from what you're talking about, Alex, it would almost need to be some sort of action game with racing sequences in it. And yeah. I... Again, we don't know enough, but uh, with the makers behind it, it kind of leads the idea that it's going to be more like a racing game with the franchise tagged on it. I just think that the racing, you can do stuff in cars that isn't just racing. Trick, you know, trick jumps or, you know, have to, you have to Tokyo drift this way or flip this car by doing this. There are ways to do things that are different. I mean, look at Driver San Francisco. It's a racing game, but... They made you a ghost so that you could jump from car to car because you're jumping into someone else's body. You can do different ideas, and I think that that's what this needs to be. It needs to be something different than just a boilerplate racing and shooting. But now that you say that, we should probably have Phil on to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in the works, guys. It's in the works. Now, let's move on to one last thing. One last thing where we say one last sentence, one last statement, sending us into the weekend and you, the listener, into your weekday. For me, I wonder how many more times Destiny 2 will need to be updated between now and next multiplayer Mondays. Hmm. My guess is six. It's already happened once. Joel? Maybe you should check your PS4 before the day of next time. Yep. And then we might actually have some success in that. Nope, it'll update again. Trust me. Joel, what's your one last thing? Who opened the sewer? 
Bulldozers plow them down. Elevators going down. <laughs> that was really good. That was a really <laughs> good dramatic reading. Thank you. Thank you. I think we'll just leave it at that with zero explanation. <laughs> Getty, what's your one last thing? I, I can't. I can't outdo that. <laughs> Keep going. What's, what's your one last thing? I need to. Fi- I need to power through my. Uh, my game of the list. Uh, shit. <laughs> no, I'll keep that. Uh, God damn it, Joel. <laughs> it was a really good dramatic reading. Uh, so I, I want to see how many more games I can plow through so that I can uh, hopefully finish my game of the year list before next week. Is that when it's due? Yes, it's around there. Uh, and, mine, mine, and mine is swapped like five times, so. Uh... And we still need to talk about what next episode's going to be like, too. Yeah. <laughs> we really need to work that out. Oh, I was I was just going to go in blind. What I find funny about this is that you've been telling me, you're like, I got to beat all these games because Final Fantasy VII Remake. And all. you said listing games in March. Man, you are on a constant crunch. You're like, I got to knock out like seven more games because then I'm like, you're on a constant crunch. I, we're just doing end of the year stuff. Then I'm coasting, man. I am coasting. I, I, I get to enjoy my video games. Yeah, except for when I send you all those betas. Fact. And, and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio. Also, just wanted to throw out there, superggradio.wordpress.com. Yeah, plug those Game of the Year lists. Yep. We are going to continue dropping Game of the Year lists. So far, we have my brother Phil, my wife Beth, we have Kevin Hartwig, Metal Gear Hartwig himself. We also have our friends over at Backstage Gaming, Trey from Nintendo Main, and we have Brock over at Damage Boost, as well as a couple other surprise ones. I think we have one from Kelly. Hey, are you doing a name of the year list? <laughs> yeah? Okay. There we go. Yeah, she's in. Also, your three favorite hosts here are going to be doing our game of the year list last. So we're all prepped and ready for that last episode to discuss it. Also, hopefully Destiny will patch next time for Multiplayer Mondays. No promises, because we had to cancel. Do better. Do better. Yeah, get good, Alex. Get good at downloading Destiny updates. Fuck Destiny too. Uh, Joel and Kelly will continue continue to play 2D games. They played some Heave Ho. Kelly swore a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You got the full Kelly experience on Tuesday. (laughs) It was awesome. I'm uploading that to YouTube now. And... uh, (laughs) Getty and Steve, I think, are taking a little bit of a break after their push through call of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. But you guys have any plans for anything else you think is spooky? Uh, not spooky. The next one that I have lined up is L.A. Noir. Oh, man, that's a classic. I like that game a lot. So if you Kelly guys... did not like that game. <laughs> <laughs> you should stream that if only because I want to hear Steve try to break people down. I'm yeah. sure he will. If you'd like to reach us with our questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. Write a review on iTunes or the Street Fighter DLC character of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG. GG. Yeah.